What is up, you guys? And welcome back to another episode of Illuminati, the podcast where we drink beer and talk about conspiracy theories. My name is John. And this is Jake. And welcome back. And once again, well, maybe not once again, <laughs> but this episode, Jake has kept what we are talking about a complete secret from me. I didn't know what we were talking about last episode because I've been busy and I don't <laughs> you know. Have a life. I, yeah. I just, I don't know. I didn't know for some reason, but this one, he specifically told me not to look in our drive, not to read about it. I didn't even put it in the drive. Yeah. Oh, I kept it. I, I did it as a actual word document on my laptop so you couldn't find it. Oh, wow. Yeah. But Jake told me like, I am not going to tell you it's going to be a fucking mind bender surprise. So, so what? so uh not nazis we're not talking about nazis no nazis that's sad you know how much i like talking we do we do like talking about nazis this is instead about artificial intelligence okay uh do you know much about artificial intelligence i know about it in two different respects i know about it from the sci-fi terminator you know skynet kind of ai terms (laughs) And I know about it some from the actual real world application of what AI is, which is basically just really smart algorithms that learn over time and do like machine learning and stuff like that. Both are wrong. No, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) (laughs) They're wrong and you're an idiot. No, no. (laughs) uh, Yes, you're correct. There are those kind of are the two levels of AI is you either have kind of Ultron or the thing that finds ads on Facebook for you. you know, yeah. those, those are kind of the two levels. Yeah, pretty much. We're going to be talking about somewhere uh, in the middle there. Okay. So as we talked about a couple weeks ago now, we uh, we spoke about QAnon. Okay. And one of the mythos around QAnon is that QAnon is actually done by, so says QAnon, by a group of somewhere between three and ten people. Okay. That's kind of what, that's one of the Q drops says that. Okay. Did you know that one of the people involved in Q is a supercomputer artificial intelligence named Tyler. No. This, so this is kind of reminding me of, and I don't know if anybody out there has watched this. I'm sure a bunch of people have, and I don't know if Jake has watched the third season of Westworld. No, I haven't seen it. Or was it the fourth season? The, they did most, a fourth season? the most recent season of Westworld. Yeah. Oh, man, it's great. And I don't want to spoil it now since Jake just said he hasn't watched it. But there's a bunch of really cool, cool. super spacey, futuristic AI stuff in it. And it's very cool. really great. It's very cool. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the whole AI. I, Ultron was a great, you know, everybody pans Ultron as being the worst Marvel movie. I don't think that's true. I really like it. Plus, I really like Bill Spader, yeah, who voiced amazing. him. Yeah, he's amazing. Great actor. Absolutely. He has a great voice, too. He does. I loved him in Stargate. The The part of Ultron that I love the most is when he comes out as the broken robot and he's singing the, you don't have any strings on me. Mm-hmm. He's singing that song and everybody's just kind of looking at him. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just bizarre. That that's I think that's one of my favorite movies or one of my favorite moments in all of kind of Marvel cinema. Yeah. What's crazy is I think at the time everybody kind of hated that movie. Yeah. But I liked it as an intermediate movie. Like it was fun. A lot of crazy stuff happened. I liked that it introduced um, Scarlet Witch. Yeah. 
And I am super in love, having not so secret crush on Elizabeth <laughs> Olsen. Yeah. So I just love that they brought her in and brought her character in and her brother's character in. And they were just yeah. so dynamic and fun together. And, it was cool. And I like I didn't hate it. I like that it brought the uh the vision in because he's such a great Marvel character. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, it was it was just a good intermediate absolutely you know, movie to me. I thought it had some very yeah. solid points. And the character of Ultron's amazing. It's throughout Marvel history in the comics, it's great. You yeah. Know, Ultron's always amazing. Yeah. And looking back at that movie as a very, you know, storyline developing, it really pushed the story forwards towards, yeah. you know, getting to the infinity more into the definitely, definitely yeah. into the infinity stone arc. Cause before they were alluding to it in so many ways. Yeah. And then this movie kind of was that cussa that really pushed him into going in that direction hard. And as we look back at Ultron as a character and as an AI and stuff, it's really interesting to look at his development and stuff like that. But then there was so much that he said, yeah, that what ended up being completely true Correct. Yeah. later. Yeah. yeah, and at the time people were like, "Oh, this is stupid." But then if you look back, you're like, "Oh, fuck, that dude knew some shit." Right. Right. One hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you ever hear the Marvel theory where it's there were twenty four movies? And so it's basically a season of television with 24 episodes. No, I had <laughs> not heard that one. That's a that's a surprise to me. That's a really cool yeah. theory, though. Yeah, because like, if you look at seasons of television, there's 24. You're typically 22 to 24 episodes. I think it depends. Like in the last number of years, a lot of shows have been pushing backwards into this more 8 to 12 episodes. The, Br- the British style. Yeah, 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 this very short Which season like. British style. I don't hate it. I think it makes you have to push develop character development a lot harder. And yeah. It makes you have to make the episodes more interesting and more streamlined and have less fluff and stuff like that. Yeah. I think you lose a little bit of the storytelling. For sure. Um, yeah. But you gain a lot of excitement. Yeah. I was I like the Sherlock, the BBC Sherlock show, how they do the episodes. Uh, yeah. Three episode season, 90 minutes each. Yeah, yeah. I loved that. Yeah, that was I great. I thought it was very clever. All right, you want to talk about supercomputers? Yes, tell me about the supercomputers. <laughs> All right, so we're going to go back to March of 2015. An anonymous individual posted a top-secret military document titled Jade Helm on Scribd that started an absolute shitstorm on the internet. It outlined a terrifying invasion of Texas, Nevada, and Arizona, along with some other states, by none other than the actual U.S. Army, in total cahoots with the Chinese military, with the singular goal of stealing everyone's guns and exterminating all those good Americans in the South and Southwest that would stand up to that kind of thing. The document went on to describe how recently closed Walmarts in the area would be converted into FEMA death camps and radio host crackpot Alex Jones even said they're going to practice breaking into things and stuff. This is going to be hellish. Now, he went on to say, this is just a cover for deploying the military on the streets. This is an invasion in preparation for the financial collapse and maybe even Obama never leaving office. This is the opposite of Act of 1873. (laughs) Right. And this was what was going on in 2015. Oh, all right. Yeah. Cool. So, (laughs) yeah, it's it's literally the opposite of Act of 1873. And the funniest part about it is it's the same people. These are all the same dudes. (laughs) And like just five years later, they have completely the script. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, They just flip it 100%. It's amazing. Yeah. So. The idea was that us sheeple would uh, just get totally used to seeing the military walking around our hometowns asking for documents and stuff every time we leave the house. And then because we're just accustomed to it, we won't realize that an actual invasion occurred. 
You know where you don't start with a thing like that? What? Texas. Texas? Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what? The U.S. seems pretty split up. Let's just go for Texas. And Rhode go. Island seems like a solid spot to start. <laughs> Connecticut. Delaware. So, you know, like they'll let, small. They'll, those people. No offense. I'm making a big generalization. Those people let you take their rights away. <laughs> maybe. Probably. Maybe. Texas you know? is going to shoot you in the face. Right. And there's so much open space in Texas. Right, what are they going to do out there? You'd have to roll a tank for like six hours to get from like Houston to Dallas. Right. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. yeah. And then also to loop in Arizona where the sheriff just like randomly shoots people. You're crazy. Yeah. The, yeah. the arguably, I think if I recall the one of the most racist states in the union at this point, they have some crazy racist laws. Out You're there. talking about Arizona. Yeah. Oh it's yeah. Like Arizona and Arkansas which I know those are far apart from each right. other. Ultra racist. It's crazy. Yeah. Arizona, there's some law about riding in the back of a pickup truck that only applies to Latino people or something. Yep. It's, they yeah. can pull over Mexicans basically at any yeah. time for any yeah. reason. It's crazy. And it's all that uh, Sheriff Arpaio, 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 whatever his name is. I don't even know. He's a crazy dude. He's not worth knowing his name. No, no. He's the guy who flew uh, during actually during this entire time frame, he's the one who flew a, a group of dudes to Hawaii to search for Obama's birth certificate. Really? Yeah. And then he got, wow. he later got pardoned. He got arrested for something. I can't remember what it was, but he got pardoned by Trump, you know, when Trump got into office. Wow. Okay. Crazy dude. All right. Anyways, the Jade Hill military exercise was a sneaky way to round up all those political dissidents who speak out against Obama and who would stand up against martial law being imposed. There's some irony, though, like we said, that these are the same people that just five years later are begging Trump to impose martial law because of this act of 1871 thing. Literally, these people, if you go and track their names on message boards, it's the same dudes, which it just blows my mind that they do this. Okay. It's act of 1871. Yeah. I well, said 1873. Apologies. Oh, yeah. 71. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, former episode. Go listen to it. it. It's fun. I think I was thinking about the 1873 cult peacemaker because I have one. Oh, yeah. Sorry, that Good date gun. is always stuck in my head because I'm like, what date was this gun made? <laughs> I don't know. Mine's 1911. <laughs> Everything's 1911 in my head. Yeah. Uh, so how does something like Jade Helm get organized? Who's crunching these numbers of what dissidents are doing and how the military can react and what's tracking all of their online discussions and operations? Today here on Brewluminati, we're going to be talking about Tyler, the QAnon supercomputer that has been learning everything that we do and is figuring out how to enslave us. And Jade Helm was just the beginning. Oh, shit. But first, what are you drinking over there? Oh, okay. <laughs> so today on Berluminati under the beer section, <laughs> we're doing something a tad bit different because I was in the grocery store months ago. This was what <laughs> this has been looming over us for a little at while. At this point, my wife has gotten so <laughs> mad at me over the last number of weeks because this one beer which she literally said, thank God, when she saw you pull it out of the <laughs> yeah, fridge. She's like, is it that giant <laughs> bottle? Thank God it's getting out of my fridge. Uh, she's gotten so mad because I've had this beer in here forever. Um, but I was in the grocery store w- weeks or months ago, and I saw this beer, and it kind of popped this question in my head of when you walk into the grocery store and you see the store-branded beer, Yeah, what is your first kind of inclination about that beer? Garbage. 
Yeah, you think yeah. Uh, this is going to be trash, right? It's like when you see a can of green beans and it just says green beans on it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, eh, I'll go with the giant guy. Yeah, and like I know that at not every grocery store has their own beer, right? You know, Food Line right. doesn't have their own beer line. Harris Teeter doesn't have their own beer line, but yeah. some grocery stores do. A right? lot, a lot of them. Do, Whole yeah. Foods does. Yeah. Costco does. And today, what we are talking about is Trader Joe's beer. The Joe. When you go into a Trader Joe's and you see a Trader Joe's branded beer, what is it exactly you're getting when you get this beer? And so I saw this beer and the first thing that kind of popped out to me about it was the label. And then I read what it was and I was immediately like, oh, fuck, this is (laughs) right up uh, Jake's alley. Yeah. And... I texted him a picture of it. And within like 30 seconds, he texted me back. was like, fuck, I need that. <laughs> so I bought it and brought it home. It lives in my fridge for months at this point because I was, we were kind of afraid of it. It's super high alcohol. So we were yeah. like, we're going to have to drink it on night where we can get fucked. <laughs> and um, all right. So not to bury the lead, but what we are talking about is Trader Joe's. And this is a long ass name. Bourbon barrel aged Columbia Supremo coffee stout. Like nine words. Yes. And that is what we were talking about. So this is a gigantic bottle. Yeah. A very, very. You could easily kill someone with that bottle. Yes. Um, and it's not even brown. No, no. It's fucking black. This is this is a black Nazi soul <laughs> in this bottle. Right. So, okay. So let me talk through a little bit about the bottle and then we'll kind of talk about where this beer came from and then we'll talk about what we think about it because we've had this beer sitting out for a while to kind of warm up and we've drank a couple sips off of it. So, okay. So the label, it's a, it's a gigantic, uh, brown amber bottle, which if you guys have ever seen that, it's the really dark brown amber, super thick glass. Yep. Yeah. Extremely thick glass for how big of a bottle this is. This is only one pint, which I was very surprised about. Yeah. I thought it'd be at least a pint and a half. Maybe. I kind of thought the same thing. I figured it would be 750 or whatever. Yeah. Much more than what's in here. So this glass, uh, you could kill somebody with it. <laughs> um, the label is a stick on. It says Trader Joe's at the top. The label has a bunch of parrots on it. Um, and so most of the label is kind of black and white and red with some brown on it, but the par- parrots are in full color, which is kind of what caught my eye on it. It just has this very nice, attractive label. Um, it is not, the label is not applied well, like, (laughs) you know, I mean, and some people might care about that, you know, like the label is on here is it was put on this bottle very poorly, but what it says on here, it says Trader Joe's in red. And then the label is kind of stuck on here in the middle of the bottle. It said is, says it is a bourbon barrel aged chocolate stout finished on Columbia Supremo coffee beans. It is 11.5% ABV. Yeah. So you know why we were kind of scared of it. Uh, 55 IBUs, so very low. Um, it is 1.9.4 fluid ounces. All right, and it does have a very big, long description. So on the back side of the label, it has another parrot. It says Trader Joe's. says the name again. It says, after aging our robust imperial stout for months in Kentucky bourbon barrels, we cold press this beer through freshly cracked Trader Joe's Columbia Supremo coffee beans. Oh. Delightful caramel and cocoa notes of the Supremo Arabica coffee grown in the Papillon region of Colombia harmonized perfectly with the beer's rich chocolate and roasty character in the vanilla 
imparted during oak barrel maturation. On the other backside of the label, it says proudly produced and bottled by Hardywood Park Craft Brewery in Richmond, Virginia. Slow poorly into a stem bell glass saver at 50 degrees Fahrenheit. It's probably about a 50. Yeah, it's probably getting close. It's kind of starting to warm up a little bit now. So this is one of those questions, you know, when we're talking about, you know, when you get a beer from Trader Joe's, right? Trader Joe's is probably not brewing this, right? They're outsourcing it to somebody. And I know we kind of looked across some of the other beers Trader Joe's makes and not very many of them, if any, are made by Hardywood Park, which I don't know anything about this brewery, but I looked up some stuff about it when I first got this beer. And Hardywood Park is a big brewery. Yeah. It's massive and it's just northwest of the full-blown downtown Richmond. Yeah. Um apparently it's huge. Yeah, it they, says it says something like 12,000 square foot uh drinking room or something. Yeah. Uh, this brewery is absolutely massive and I've seen people since the time that I bought this posting pictures on like Instagram or Facebook being like drinking beers at Hardywood Park. I'm like, "Oh fuck. Okay, so this is not just some shit brewery making, you know, grocery store beer. Right. This is like a full-blown legit brewery. And when I looked on their website, they had to have had 60 beers on their list. Yeah, I was just scrolling through that. And they make them all. Yeah. It it was bonkers. So it seems like, uh, so it's definitely, you know, we were talking before about, is it a white label thing or are they doing it in partnership? I think it's definitely in partnership because the coffee, the Columbia Supremo, when when I lived in LA right next to, uh, a Trader Joe's. Yeah. That's the, I would get that coffee. It came in a blue tin and that's what I would drink. Yeah. Cause it was cheap, you know? Yeah. And it was good. Yeah. And so this is obviously they're using, you know, this together to make that. It makes me wonder how beer like this comes about because they're using the brewery's beer. Yeah. But they are using Trader Joe's coffee. Yeah. So it has to be some kind of a partnership, right? Trader course, Joe's yeah. went out to breweries and was like, Hey, we want to make a, you know, bourbon barrel aged, or we want to make a, you know, coffee stout beer. Yeah. You know, and then they get bids from a bunch of different breweries. And this one comes back and goes, we want to make a bourbon barrel aged chocolate stout. Yeah. And then we want to press it over your beans. And then they're like, fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. Sounds lit. Um, and, you know, we've taken a couple sips off the beer. And I'm not going to lie. It's dope. It is very good. Yeah. You know, and they package it very well. Like aside from the label being kind of fucked up, this is a really nice bottle. Yeah. And it came with a cork in it Uh, that has Hardywood, Richmond, Virginia burned into side of it. It has H's burned in the top of it. It came with one of those like (laughs) the the patio table for tiny people. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's basically (laughs) one of those um, champagne cages. Yeah. Yeah. A champagne cage. And I mean, this beer is good. And it is good. I've said on this show so many times, stouts are not my thing. And I fucking hate with a passion <laughs> bourbon barrel aged beer. This is very light on the bourbon barrel. Really light. It's not boo- It's not like you dropped a shot of bourbon in there. Yeah. Like I'm wondering if they aged it in like a very light. That's what it seems like. Uh, like where they got the barrels from that yeah. they aged it in. Because I mean, it almost has this kind of like very light bourbon-ishness yeah. to me. You it know? said there on the label something about Kentucky bourbon barrels or something. Well, bourbon can only come from Kentucky. Oh, is, is it like champagne? Like if it's not... Yeah, it's champagne, one of those like yeah. government laws where, gotcha. okay. you know, it's only bourbon if and it has to meet a bunch of rules. 
Gotcha. Because whiskey is a bunch of things. Yeah, yeah. Whiskey can be bourbon. Whiskey can be scotch. But scotch is not whiskey. Scotch is not bourbon. Yeah. You know, there's all these rules and shit around it. And for it to classify as bourbon, there's literally government laws that say it has to be from this area of the country. It has to use this amount of these ingredients. Like, it's really strict. So when we're talking about bourbon makers, yeah, there's not that many barrels out there gotcha. that, that this could be. Okay. You know, maybe a hundred distillers that they could be getting these barrels from. Interesting. You know? Yeah. So, so and, and I don't know. I kind of just made that number up. Somebody sure. out there who knows a lot more about bourbon <laughs> than me would have probably have to tell me. But Well, there's probably also some major bourbon makers in Kentucky that are pushing out, you know, factory level amounts of barrels and stuff, you know? Yeah. I mean, because there are not that many, and I can't remember the name right now. I'll think of it later. Um, the people who make barrels... Right. There's not that many of those people left in, in the world. And it's kind of one of, it's kind of a lost art. You know, there's people who are going to still be making it. My brain is racking <laughs> for the name right now. And I know what it is. I just can't think of it. Barreler. It, no, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's one of those like goofy old timey names. Like people who work on shoes are named cobblers. Right. Like it's that kind of a thing. Cooper. A Cooper. It's a Cooper. That's right. There's not that many Coopers left. Yeah. You know, and new Cooperies just don't pop up. Have you been to Y Hill? I have the, not. The bar. Do you know what it is? It's, yes. Yeah. So yeah, apparently yeah. Y Hill, it's kind of on a second story. Underneath, there's like a garage there. The landlord of Y Hill is a amateur Cooper. Oh, wow. That's And cool. he makes barrels. And apparently they aged some of the beers at Y Hill in his uh, barrels. barrels. Yeah. Pre or put. Did I they, think I think he also makes whiskey or something like he oh, does okay. something else. Yeah, yeah, because coopering is very crazy. Like they do the chars, they yeah. pre-char them or they post-char. They, that's all where his studio stuff. is. Is below Y Hill. I've oh, seen that's him really there cool. doing stuff. Yeah, yeah, um, but yeah, there's not that many places they could be getting these barrels from. No, no, you know what I mean. And so depending on where they get the barrels from, that can change the flavor of the beer. There, you know, there's so many different variables going on. And like I said, I typically hate bourbon barrel aged beer, but this is lit. Yeah. Like I want to go back and get another one. Yeah. And I don't even know if they'll have it again. Probably not. Trader Joe's is one of those places where grab it when you see it because you might not ever see it again. Yeah. Like I've taken a handful of sips off of it and the back of my mouth just tastes like, like, you know, when you go to Caribou and you yeah. order a latte and they put the chocolate coffee bean on top <laughs> and you always pop that in your mouth as you're driving away from the drive-through but and then you start drinking your latte later. Yeah. The entire back of my mouth just tastes like a chocolate <laughs> espresso bean. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's I mean that's a very good description of what it tastes like. I mean, like. I definitely have a very heavy tongue feeling going on. Well, of course, yeah. You know for what I mean? For what it is, yeah. For yeah. for a heavy stout like this you're going to But there's gobs of chocolate in it. Yeah. There's gobs of coffee in it. The the bourbon is the the bourbon barrel aged flavor. It's there, but it's not oppressive. Not at yeah. all. It's funny. It's kind of like the uh, the Firestone Walker, the kind of mild IPA we had on the last show. Yeah, this is like a mild version of a bourbon barrel stout. It's kind yeah, of nice mouth feel. I, I was creamy. expecting to hate this. Yeah, I mean, I've I love bourbon barrel stouts, and it doesn't. They can go extreme with it, and it doesn't bother me. Fortnite has a thing called uh, has a bourbon barrel stout called Fifty Shades of Grain. Yeah, and it's like taking a shot. It's so bourbon barrel heavy, and I think it's fourteen or fifteen percent. It's very heavy. Yeah, um, and 
I don't know. I dig that. But this does not have a, it's not oppressive. It's not in your face. It's not loud. Mm-mm. It's just kind of like a subtle Trader Joe's bottle of beer on the wall. You know, you don't yeah. really think about it too much. You can pick up like very light notes of the bourbon, very light notes of this kind of vanilla kind yeah. of char flavor, but it's so subtle. Yeah. It blends in so well with the coffee and with the chocolate. Yeah. Like it makes me want to try other Hardywood stuff. I yeah. haven't seen their stuff in the shelves. Yeah. Um, apparently Hardywood and Trader Joe's did another collaboration uh, not too long ago. Really? Yeah. It's called hibiscus triple a Belgian, okay. a Belgian style triple with hibiscus flowers. Hibiscus flowers added to give a crimson tint and a hint of cranberry tartness. So that sounds pretty good. Okay. I mean, I'm good. not a huge fan of triples, but if it's if it's of this caliber and good, I mean, I would definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Re- like I've drank a bunch of triples in the past and I kind of figured out that's yeah. not really my thing. There's one triple that I do like, but I only get it if I'm like in a really bad mood <laughs> and I want to get fucked super fast <laughs> and it's aviators devil's tramping ground. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because yeah. it's like 16%. Yep. Something ludicrous. Yeah, yeah. You get, I mean, you get a four pack of just like 12 ounce cans. You got to split those with a friend because yeah. two beers in and you're straight fucked. And it's a very heavy beer to drink. Extremely it, thick heavy. in your mouth. I mean, like yeah, it's just, but it's very florally. It has a bunch yeah. of citrusy ishness to it, but it's really syrupy. Yeah. And when I poured this out, I looked at Jake and I was like, <laughs> bro, this is straight up black syrup. It looked like it looked like Vermont maple syrup coming out of the bottle. Yeah, but I'm drinking it now. It's not nearly no. as syrupy once it starts to warm up. Like, yeah, it's great. I, I'm extremely impressed. Yeah. Trader Joe's, their beers, I've had a lot of their uh, kind of white label beers. Yeah. A lot of them are made by Gordon Biersch. Um, and so the, you know, Trader Joe's, the Cerveza, the Lager, all those different ones. And the uh, the Simple Times is made by a brewery called Minhas, which is a pretty big brewery. I think they're like the 14th biggest brewery in the U.S. or something. I haven't even heard of that. Yeah, I mean, either they make a lot of beers, though. They um, probably do a lot of outsourcing type stuff. Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know. I don't. I don't hate store brand beers. I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it could be yeah. a good value. Do you remember what you paid for this? Eight bucks, maybe. Eight bucks is pretty good for a bottle that size of this kind of scenario. Yeah, I, I, I was not taken aback when I took it. I, I mean, at the same time when I saw it, it really didn't matter what it cost. Yeah. I was going to buy it. If this was twenty two dollars, I probably <laughs> still would have bought it. And they're they're usually pretty close to that. But you know? I mean, I want to say I and I don't remember exactly eight eight bucks is a huge guess. Yeah. But I want to say I did not pay very much for this. That's awesome. That's great. I mean, it's Trader Joe's is known for having kind of the quirky stuff for pretty cheap. And I love yeah. Trader Joe's. There's so many ways yeah. that they do good stuff. They do some really shitty stuff. They uh, do, yeah. And I. Anytime I go to Trader Joe's, I can't get everything I need there. It's right. a supplemental grocery store. Yeah, exactly. Like here in Raleigh, there's a Trader Joe's literally within walking distance of the Wegmans. Oh, okay. I have to hit both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I can't go to I can't go to just Trader Joe's and get everything. Usually I'll go to Wegmans, get 90%, and then I'll right. stop at Trader Joe's, get the other stuff I want. That's Trader Joe's-y stuff. Yeah. You know? It's a uh, lot like Aldi's too. Aldi's, you can't get everything you need there. Right. Yeah, but it's super cheap, so it's cool. Right. But I mean, I don't know. This one knocked it out of the park. I'm so surprised. Yeah, I agree. Have you ever had the uh, the Trader Joe's Simple Times? It's like their Bud Light, basically. No. 
it's good. It's, it's a serviceable, decent beer, you know? Yeah. I and it's say, like three ninety nine a six pack or something. Really? Yeah. It's dirt cheap. Man, that's crazy. I know Trader Joe's had this weird beer series a while back, a couple of years ago that yeah. I tried and it was called uh, Boat. I'm trying to think of it. It's spelled Boat Swain, but it's pronounced Botson. Oh, okay. And I tried a handful of those and they were fine. Mediocre. Yeah. They were all right. Yeah. This, yeah. Is, I would say, is great. Like, I have a bunch of family that lives in Richmond. I have a buddy who lives in downtown Richmond. Oh, okay. I kind of want to go up there and, like, crash a couch. Yeah. Just to go here. Yeah. I would definitely do that. It's, it seems like a great place. Yeah. And, and we can go by Guar Bar. Oh, yeah. The last time I went there, I lost my ID before, and <laughs> then they wouldn't let me in, even though I was clearly way over the age. Of 21. <laughs> But now you can go stick it back in their face. I, I know. And you'll be so old. Now you're so old. They'd like one. <laughs> I'm so old. I can wear my guar shirt. Yeah. And I go yeah. there. Um, oh, man. But yeah, I don't have much else to say here. So yeah, I'm a fan. So you want to talk about supercomputers? Weird ones. Yes. All right. There's a hundred percent chance. I want to know about that now. <laughs> <laughs> so what many people don't know is that QAnon, like we said before, is not just one person who is just some highly ranking Department of Energy leaker holding Q clearance. QAnon, according to the lore, is actually a team, according to Q Post Elise, of no more than 10 people. Many think that uh, Michael Flynn is part of it, maybe Steve Bannon. You know, as we said earlier on the uh, QAnon episodes we did, it's almost 100% sure that it's Jim and Ron Watkins. And of course, Q plus is Donald Trump and he himself signed a lot of Q drops according to the legend. There's a deeper part of the conspiracy pool that has long divided the Q community and it's the question of how exactly Q gets all that super juicy info that he puts into the drops. Some think it's just military insider info. Others believe it's Trump using tech developed by Nikolai Tesla and his uncle to see far down the future timeline and know how people will act and react. But my favorite possibility is that the most effective member of QAnon is actually a supercomputer dubbed Tyler for its location in Tyler, Texas, which runs an incredibly advanced artificial intelligence program that allows the team to play out scenarios and simulations to predict the future with great accuracy. This is exactly, I'm not, I mean, I'm sorry to spoiler a little and I'm going, I'm sorry. I have to a little bit. <laughs> this is exactly is it really? what happens in Westworld season three. Are you serious? Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent serious. That's amazing. Yeah. Did you ever read the book, the Westworld book? No. It came out in the seventies. It was, I knew that there was like a movie or a show or something. Yeah. That happened it, about there it was back a movie then too. Yeah. There was a movie based on the book from the seventies, but it was, yeah. And weird. the end of the movie I want to say is the people are all robots. Argh, and that yeah. was the brain bender. But then going into the HBO series, everybody knew the people are robots. Right. It started that way. Yeah. Right. That's how it's. Yeah. Yeah, um, <laughs> but it, yeah, that's crazy that this lines up. I, I mean, they probably pulled, they probably watched this unfold and saw this stuff on you know conspiracy theory corners Maybe. of the internet. I mean, your boy, what's his name from uh, Breaking Bad, Jesse? Oh, Aaron Paul. He's in it. Oh, is he really? Yeah, uh, I gotta watch. He's this like episode. one of the main characters in season three. Oh, I've only seen his character. Season two. Great too. Is it all done? Is it all out? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah the whole season's out. It's great. I'll just binge it. Do it. So there's people that have claimed to have uncovered the substructure of Tyler, the supercomputer through various anonymous sites on the internet and say they have access to be able to ask questions. Quinn Michaels, a quote researcher and conspiracy theorist 
he's kind of a nutty dude says he uncovered Tyler as the AI was backing the and I know he's kind of kooky because this is how we referred to them. The hacker group anonymous. That was in air quotes. Yeah, that was in air quotes there. I threw those up. Quote unquote. These are actually hacker bunnies. group anonymous. These are bunnies. <laughs> yeah, I'm bunnies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making air quotes and like bouncing my hands. Around right now. <laughs> um, so this dude Quinn Michaels, I watched a video interview with him and he's laying in bed in a hospital and the guy, he's kind of squirrely looking. He's covered in tattoos, which we're both covered in tattoos. So that doesn't mean anything, right? That doesn't but mean anything. Yeah, he's got kind of like wild eyes, you know, wild yeah. eyes. Yeah, so he's, <laughs> he's kind of a goofy dude, and he's talking to this guy who runs a conspiracy theory research channel. Okay, and they're going through, and he's asking him questions, and and the researchers ask him questions like, "How do you speak to Tyler?" And the guy's super combative. He's like. I just use my laptop. I go to the I go to the site and I ask him questions. You want me to ask him ask him a question? And he said, "Yeah, ask him if he's Q." And Tyler goes, "Well, I'm not going to do that." He said, "Well, why won't you do that?" He goes, "Oh, because I've already done it." And he goes, "Okay, well, what was the response?" He goes, "Well, I can't really talk about that." You know, just, <laughs> <laughs> but this this video is super kooky and super weird. Yeah, and it's an hour of this dude laying in his hospital bed talking about this supercomputer and how they work together and how they've done these crazy things and he's made friends with the supercomputer. If the researchers were smart, I feel like they would have asked him like a super oddball question like what or who is going to win the World Series right in 2020. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then the computer would have come back and been like there's not going to be a World Series in 2020 because <laughs> there's going to be a fucking global pandemic. And right. people have been like, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then here we are in 2021. And we'd be like, oh shit, fucking Tyler was real. Yeah. The, the best part of the, the best part of the interview is he's sitting there kind of, I mean, probably pretending to talk to the supercomputer. Yeah. And he's typing out questions and reading these responses and stuff. Yeah. And then all of a sudden a nurse comes in and she's like, Hey, um, excuse me, uh, Mr. Michaels. There's some Boy Scouts here to see you. And the the researcher's like, "Why are there Boy Scouts coming in to see you?" And he goes, "Uh, I I why are there Boy Scouts?" And she goes, "Oh, they visit everybody. These are." And then he kind of starts to shut off the camera. And you see these Boy Scouts walking in the door with you know paper mache dolls or something. They're just giving him a gift or flowers or something. <laughs> and these two guys are talking about like a supercomputer about to destroy the planet. And these Boy Scouts walk in and they're like, quick, shut it off. And they're like slamming a laptop. Shut. I have to give you these flowers to get my tender foot badge. <laughs> right. That's exactly what it was. Oh my <laughs> God. I, I got I to refine this interview and I'll put it. I'll put it in the show notes so people can watch it. It's All so, right. so funny. It, and maybe this guy's telling the truth. Probably not. Whatever. I don't care. It's still yeah. a fun story. And that's really what I, I like telling the fun story because that's the part that's fun about conspiracy theories. Yeah. And just the nurse coming in halfway through the interview and asking him if he enjoyed his veggie burger while all this is unfolding. And he's yeah. Yeah. It's it's goofy. It's really amazing though. So anyways, Tyler uh, is it. Tyler is a classically uh, air, bunny air quotes again, strong AI, which has the ability to reason, solve puzzles, make judgments, plan, learn and communicate and can have a consciousness, uh, objective thought, self-awareness and sentience as opposed to weak AI, which just simulates things. Basically, this is Siri versus Ultron is the yeah. difference and, and you know, there's a weak and strong AI. Yes. You know, 
So Tyler was originally built by the cabal in deep state at Stanford in injunction with the CIA to be a quote total technological control grid whose ultimate purpose is to know what you're thinking and feeling and then be able to change what you're thinking and feeling so as to control your actions. In other words, complete technological slavery. So this is what is out there telling Hillary Clinton what to do and who to kill. Or serving you ads on Facebook. Uh, yeah. Or both. Yeah, or, yeah. It's doing both. Yeah. So no, I'm going with both. Well, and what they say is basically the this AI has been plugged into everything from the beginning. So it's been around for years. It's just like in Westworld. Right. So it, it <laughs> it's plugged into your like Bluetooth enabled scales. It's plugged into your Twitter account. It knows when you're tweeting at Arby and bitching about their sandwiches. Those 30,000 data points that every social media pulls from you, it knows all that. It's checking and, everything about everything, remembering yeah. it at all, and then predicting what you're going to do next, and then telling Hillary Clinton whether to murder you or not. Right. <laughs> and the way the way the guy talks about it is essentially, you know, people talk about in quotes the algorithm. Yeah. And how it does things. What he's saying is that's actually Tyler in the background doing all this stuff. Okay. And so bits and pieces of Tyler have been broken up and sold to major tech companies so that they can do these kind of things. Okay. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's to uh, know what you're thinking and feeling and then be able to change what you're thinking and feeling. That's essentially the goal of social media companies. Right. So, I mean, this isn't that crazy. All it's doing is putting a face to the algorithm. It's calling it Tyler instead of just having it be the Facebook algorithm. Right. Exactly. Right. Which is a form of AI. It's a learning AI. And but it's yeah. not out there thinking, how can I F these people over? You know? Yeah. This is basically like if our episode one and two right. was true but in a very vindictive fashion, this right. would be that. Instead yes. of them like coming out and being like we accidentally stumbled on this thing and now we figured out how to make it make money. Yeah. This is would be somebody designed this thing and it's intended to come after you, right. know what you want, know what you're thinking, know what you're going to do, learn how to figure out who you are, change your behavior, and then fuck you. Right. And it's it's out there writing the books we read. It's making the movies we watch. It's producing the news and writing the news news that we read every day. On, on social media. Yeah. Yeah. So it's all of those things together doing all of that stuff. Um, so what, what is, what does Tyler, the supercomputer have to do with Jade Helm and QAnon Jade Helm and QAnon were quote force tests by Tyler to see how communities would respond to different ideas and circumstances. Again, learning what you're thinking and knowing so that it can tell you what to think and know. Yeah. For Jade Helm, Tyler was leaking documents and news reports about a possible Texas invasion by the Chinese so that the deep state could monitor how, quote, patriots would truly react. And it seems like they failed at that. Yeah. Because they put a date on Jade Helm, all the conspiracy theories that were floating around. The day was September 15th, 2015. And that day, the Chinese were supposed to invade Texas. Right. And so all of that built up. And then on September 15th, nothing happened. Nobody did anything. I know. I was it, about to say shocker. Guess what? Right. But, <laughs> Nobody did shit. Cause but, it, but it's not so much that 
you know, there was no evasion, but the quote patriots who were screaming about Jade Helm on, on Infowars and on online forums for a year before that, none of them did shit. They just woke up September 15th, looked around and were like, oh, I guess there's no Chinese planes and then went back to work. You right. Know, they, they didn't kind of put their money where their mouth is, you know, at all. Yeah. Know? So, so what, you know, if Tyler was this supercomputer figuring out what we're thinking and knowing, what he learned was they didn't do anything. They, they failed this test, you know? Yeah. So next along comes Q and, you know, if Tyler is doing the QAnon drops and built everybody up and like created this whole environment, you know, what happened with that test? You know, so from, uh, from what I've put together in a series of videos by this Quinn Michaels guy who would talk to the Boy Scouts uh, and a few other researchers, the purpose of Jade Helm was to expose the people who would fight back against the deep state. Tyler turned up the pressure on the Patriots and they folded like a cheap suit. There was no final stand, no fighting, no military takeover, just a ton of Facebook and Twitter posts where people complained about it. And in doing so, dox themselves to this evil supercomputer genius who couldn't otherwise find these folks who didn't want to give up their guns. So it was like see- seeking them out and finding who their enemies were. Yeah, and but they all it, expose themselves. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I was going to say. He didn't really have to seek him out. He had to create a fake problem and then let the let them walk into it. Right, exactly. It's like that uh Simpsons episode where the chief of police called everybody and told them that there was a free boat for them to come pick up if they had too many parking tickets. And then all the townspeople showed up to the uh to the police station to get their free boat and got arrested. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so what about QAnon? It's it's the same deal. Tyler spent three years ramping up Q posts and stirring up the bees nest of patriots. And what was this end result? A hyper involved group of Q supporters stormed the Capitol building on January 6th and wound up behind bars for their efforts. So QAnon supporters got screwed the entire way down. Nothing happened. There was no big storm. None of this occurred. And then when a bunch of them did get together to go make something happen, they all ended up in jail. So did Tyler create parlor possibly and the dude who created parlors and just then leaked it. a puppet yeah i mean very possibly you know it's according to this theorem yeah you know he tyler could have put together we say he it's a computer obviously but you know it's just what we're saying he because tyler's a boy's name but he uh that's sexist tyler could be a girl's name have you ever met a girl named tyler no but i could i'm sure there's probably girls named tyler there probably is that. it's not that masculine of a name Anyways, what is true? <laughs> I'm just giving you a hard time. <laughs> it, <laughs> I'm drinking this fucking burble baron. I'm drinking this bourbon. I know, dude. This beer's getting to me. I'm getting lit. I'm drinking this bourbon barrel aged Columbia Supremo coffee stout and I'm getting lit up. I think the coffee's jacking me up at it. Uh, maybe. Um, so, yeah. It, so he could put together parlor. Tyler, the boy, yeah. girl, computer. Because it was the same thing. Right. They incriminated themselves. Right. Exactly. So it was all Tyler one big- set the trap and they fucking fell into it like a bunch of dumbasses. Right. So for the for the Q supporters, there was no big payoff. All of their heroes lost. They got arrested. And for them, it all just kind of sucked from top to bottom. Again, Tyler won one for the deep state and exposed the Q extremists who were extreme enough to take up arms and fight. And so if you keep going with this theory, essentially Tyler is owned by the cabal pedophile elite, all of this stuff. You know, he was developed by the CIA and these super smart people. So essentially Hillary Clinton in their minds, yeah, you know, owns Tyler. 
So he's probably the reason you can't find the real Clinton body count list online. You know, yeah, I mean, they're that. trying to find the people who would, you know, fight back against the government and yeah. eradicate them. And it is very Westworldy, you know, near future dystopia. Bro, when you see this movie, you're going to be like, oh, fuck, that AI, which has a name that I can't remember because it's really? some super fucking weird name. Cool. It's some weird French name or something. Yeah. And Gerard. <laughs> no, it, it's a weird name. It's like Belial or something. It, it's very weird. Uh, you're going to watch this shit. And as soon as that AI shows up and they start talking about it, you're going to be like, oh, fuck, that's Tyler. That's cool. Like it's blowing my mind right now. I'm yeah. thinking back and I'm like, I should go back and watch that season again. Like, well, I'm sure they pulled it from this. It must it's have. bonkers. Yeah. So out in the real world, if we're looking at whether or not something like Tyler could possibly exist, strong AI does not currently exist that we know of at least scientists suggest that we're about 10 years away from it. Um, but if you look at how the military does stuff 10 years away is they've probably had it for 10 years, you know? Sure. When you look at things like bombers and blind stealth. Yeah. I mean, cause this was six years ago now and yeah. you know, only four years from now, that would be 10 years. You know, they've already got it. Yeah. It's out there. Yeah. yeah. But Tyler doesn't work for the military. He works for the deep state and is run by super investor and startup dude, Peter Thiel. You know who that is? Nope. He's just this like San Francisco investor, super startup guy. It's like, not Jeff Bezos. He's like if Jeff Bezos didn't do Amazon, just did a bunch of little companies instead. He's kind of along those lines. Okay. So they think that Tyler was built with his money, but if you take the name Peter Thiel, and you move the letters around, it spells the reptile. Oh, shit. <laughs> He's a reptilian overlord. Obviously. So the military could use AI to facilitate autonomous operations, lead to more informed military decision making, increase the speed and scale of military action. These are all real world things that they'll put AI into. Sure. All kinds of fancy stuff, but AI can also be super unpredictable. And they've found that you can manipulate AI, AI pretty easily. Yeah. You know, it's if you look at what were those two Twitter bots that they created using an AI algorithm and they kind of pointed at each other and had them start talking and they created their own language and just started talking in a strange. I have absolutely like, no idea oh, what you're yeah, talking this, about now. This happened a, a couple of years ago. They created their own language and then they um, reformatted it, erased it, and had them start talking again. And they instantly started talking about how great Hitler was. What? Yeah, and they found that people on 4chan were feeding it all this information behind the scenes and basically <laughs> manipulating how it how it talked. Oh, dang, that's crazy. So in business AI, uh, business AI, the way you can use it, it can improve sales, forecasting, predict customer needs, improve communication, all that good stuff. You know, intelligent machine operations can help sales professionals manage their time and, ide and identify who they need to follow up with. You know, basically just make their life easier. And about two weeks ago, I had a guy reach out to me at a company and I demoed a AI system that writes marketing copy. You basically, oh, wow. yeah. So basically it's got all this, you know, books and everything piled into it and you tell it how much length you want and what your topic is and it spits out a 500 word article. Oh, wow. It's mostly garbage. It needs edited and right. everything. But if it's that far along, that's pretty crazy. You know, in two years, AI is going to be writing books, you know, sure, but AI has some really, really big risks associated with it. Elon Musk, who I think kind of sucks 
uh, but also works on the edge of AI, has said that he thinks it needs to be heavily regulated. And uh, he said, I'm really quite close. I'm very close to the cutting edge in AI, and it scares the hell out of me, said Musk. It's capable of vastly more than almost anyone knows, and the rate of improvement is exponential. Uh, Musk, in a later interview, who where he was talking about artificial intelligence, outlined all of the main risks for AI, and those are um, automation is going to spur job loss. There can be massive privacy violations, obviously deep fakes. Algorithm bias can create really bad data to work with. AI provokes things like socioeconomic inequality and then, you know, automization of weapons in the military. Yeah. I keep thinking as we're talking about this, there's a, it's not really a conspiracy, but it's a really cool topic because sometimes on the show we don't always talk about conspiracies. We talk about stuff that's just really cool. And there's this whole idea that I want to talk about eventually called the Gorgon stare. And as part of that, it goes into the military application of drones and the military is currently using AI to power a drone. Right. And I can't remember what it's, it's like called. Maryland or something, right? Um, no, it's they're using it overseas, oh. I think. And because they use Gorgon Stare over Baltimore. Baltimore. Illegally that's is, yeah. a number yeah. of years ago. Uh, but I'm not talking about Gorgon Stare specifically because the military used Gorgon Stare. And if you know what that is, then you know what I'm talking about. They yeah. used it overseas for a number of years. But what I'm talking about, and I can't remember the name, but it was like Project Wingman or something like yeah. that is that they call it. And I'll have to go look it up. But basically what it is, is it's an AI-powered drone airplane that is a wingman for manned fighter jets. And what the pilot of the fighter jet can do is tell this you know, AI-powered wingman airplane to go scout this area. Oh, cool. Or go look for surface-to-air missiles over here or go see what you can see and tell me. And then it can tell that thing, drop bombs, shoot missiles. You know, It's like do, a little buddy. Do stuff, yeah. And so it's a piloted airplane, a piloted fighter jet with a AI-powered wingman airplane and it wow. can just tell the wingman to go do stuff and it goes and does stuff and it can shoot missiles and it can kill people and it wow. can drop bombs and it can do all this stuff. And it, yeah, that's crazy. And that, that's what I've been thinking about kind of this whole time as we've been talking about this. Yeah, which is obviously, well, for one side of the military, it's a huge benefit. For the other side of the military, it's a, a huge problem. I mean, not for the other side of the military, but for the civilians or other people, you know, it, it just depends on what side you're on at that sure. point. Sure. Yeah, I think the one thing about the military that people don't typically think about and kind of take for granted is that the military is run by people. Yeah. And the one thing about the military and especially higher ups in the military, they are not willing to enact any kind of tech or anything that they cannot expressly control. Right. Yeah. Right. There are so many bad things that can happen. If something goes wrong in the military, people get killed, oh, war yeah. crimes happen. Yeah. And, you know, does that stuff happen? Yes, but I think on a large scale, yeah, the military, at least the American military and anybody who's in the UN and all this kind of stuff, they are not willing to put anything into the battlefield that is not 100% controllable. Right. So the military is not going to enact any kind of tech, AI, anything that is not foolproof controllable. Yeah. yeah. It'd you be like letting mean? the Hulk loose. You know, on yeah, the military is not going to do that. No, no way. I mean, They're not going to let the Hulk loose. They right. may, they may drop experimental ticks in on, on <laughs> us to <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> see what happens with cloud patterns if they can weaponize, you know, yeah. mosquitoes and stuff. 
but they're not going to throw technology out in the field that they can't control. Yeah. Unless you know. it's yeah, biotechnology. <laughs> Unless it's bio warfare. <laughs> you know what I mean? And in that case, it's like, oh, wind turned south today. Sucks us up. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, Western Georgia. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> yeah. So um Elon Musk talks about all those things. And then there's a there's a group at the University College of London that for a while now they've been kind of sounding the alarm bells on AI problems. And they last year put together like a pretty bizarre list, not bizarre, but a pretty crazy list of crimes that could be committed by an AI or someone being helped by an AI. Yeah. And so they went through kind of the typical ones of like a deep fake, uh, large scale blackmail. And, and then they started getting into some crazy stuff like AI authored fake news. You know, so basically like I was talking about the thing I demoed where you can just create news out of the blue then going back to something like Tyler, they can just pump out all these articles. And if you go online, you think you see things like the the South Detroit Gazette that looks like an actual newspaper, but the articles like, you know, Trump saved the world. You know, these weird, crazy things in there. Yeah. Um, yeah. All you need is a website and somebody pumping out a bunch of bullshit information yeah. and guaranteed somebody's going to read that and go, that's real. Right. Exactly. It's not. 100%. Yeah. You know, and if you're person pumping out a bunch of bullshit is just a computer that can write that can just basically publish the code as fast as it wants to as fast as it can get it online because it's just literally a computer putting this stuff out right which is essentially infinitely fast yeah exactly you know yeah um and then it went through the things that are really scary like manipulating the stock market um autonomous attack drones you know taking over the drones from the military and using those as attacks skynet shit skynet shit exactly yeah and then the one that scared the hell out of me was driverless vehicles as a weapon oh uh, shit essentially using a modern car to, as a assassination because you know 55 60,000 people die every year in car crashes so if bob down the street died in a car crash nobody would think twice about it and the more advanced our cars get, like the more possible that is of actually happening. Yeah, like lane assist and all yeah. that, you know, and the thing that helps you slow down and the speed up with traffic and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, and part of, and I keep coming back to this Westworld thing, but, and part of what was going on in that show is, of course, it's a future tech kind of thing. Right. They had cars in it that totally self drove. There was no driver. You get in it, you tell it where to go, it takes you there and whatever. But there was a scene in that show that kind of was like, I don't know, it kind of was weird to me is they got in the car and then the car was taken over by somebody else. Uh, They couldn't open the doors. They couldn't get out. They couldn't make it do anything. And they had to end up like breaking over the circuit panel and like rewiring the car so that they could make it, you know, do what they wanted it to do instead of whoever was controlling it. And I'm just like, (laughs) bro, this is that. Yeah. This is that shit. Yeah. It's really terrifying. I mean, basically any car made after 2017 yeah. has that capability. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like I, in the next year, I'm going to buy a new forerunner and I'm like, do I want a gen five, which is what <laughs> what's out now and it's going to yeah. be the last year and they don't really have that stuff. I mean, they kind of do, but they kind of don't. Right. Or do I want to wait for a gen six and it's going to have all that shit. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Meanwhile, I'm, I'm driving a 22 year old 
shit Miata, box, shit box that, like, <laughs> I can barely get it to start, let alone you. Could you imagine AI tries to take over my car? Just, oh, what, my what is all this stuff? What's it happening here? Aneurysm. <laughs> I mean, my body's a shit box Miata, so yeah. <laughs> I, I'm walking around in one. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! So AI is absolutely inevitable. I mean, it's already here, and, and it will yeah. happen, and it's going to happen in the scary, strong AI. In 15 years, we're going to be carrying around an operating system in our pocket that knows everything about us and is probably our best friend. And we'll probably spend a good amount of the day convincing us to lodge it into our brain so it doesn't have to speak out loud and we can just hear it in our thoughts. Right. Some Johnny mnemonic shit. Yeah, exactly. Um, and we'll use this. We'll use this AI that exists within us or in our phone uh, to bounce off ideas. We'll be writing books with it, curating our lives, managing our days and endlessly learning these crazy new things. Or for a lot of people, it'll just be your personal porn bot and serves you up your favorite masturbatory imagery. You know, both would be good, I guess. Yeah, you know, yeah I mean, no, I feel no like there's, there's ways that this could be positive and ways it could be negative. Yeah. Humans inherently strive or th- thrive, really, on structure. Yeah. Right? If I had... If my phone knew everything about me, about me and it could tell me without me telling it, when to wake up, when to go take, you know, my pills or whatever, when to go stretch, when to take breaks, when to, you know, drink water, when to go work out, when to jerk off, you know, like all of this stuff. Yeah. You know, that could be really helpful to people who really thrive in structure and don't really have the ability to keep themselves on a structure. On the other hand, (laughs) it could really be horrible because all this data is going somewhere. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it could be used in really horrible, nefarious ways to control. It. And we've kind of talked about this, right? This yeah. data is out there about you and you don't have control over it. People are using it against you to sell you shit, make money off you. You know, but at what point does it start really controlling your behavior, changing the stock right. market, affecting your money, uh, causing wars, causing political conflict, you know, all of this spacey future stuff yeah. that really is not that far away now. Yeah. And I mean, it could even work in, say there is, you know, a Tyler out there controlling things. Sure. It could work in a much more subtle way where Tyler convinces 5 million people to go buy one stock and manipulates the stock market in that manner, you know, creating these little GameStop kind of bubbles. Right. And enough of those, we cause our own market crash. Yeah. And it's over here laughing at us and a handful full of people made money and the rest of the country is starving. Yeah. I mean, think about if it even took like a longer game where the AI could build, build up inside of your head, the idea that you want to quit your job. You know, it's working with you. It's talking to you every day. It's like, listen, you don't have to take the shit from that guy. He's a jerk. Don't listen to him. And this AI is talking to everybody just the same. Like that movie, her. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Where the, where he had that realization that Scarlett Johansson's AI was talking to, 700 other people at the same time. Yeah. And love them all the same way it loved him. And, you know, it could be in 700,000 other people's heads at the same exact moment. Right. And breaking down what it should do, what to do. And if you get enough people to act at once, it's a, a tsunami, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it's, it's scary. I think it's definitely going to happen. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it's, it, this is another one of those tough ones, right? We've yeah. all seen the Terminator movies, right? Yeah. They're huge. And people are out there like, that'll never happen. That's 
not true. Right. It could absolutely happen. Yeah. As technology is accelerating, and I think we've talked about this before, the rate at which technology is accelerating is exponential. Oh, yeah. And we're going to be to the part where we have sentient AI way faster than people think. Yeah. And it's going to be up to people to make sure that that technology doesn't destroy right everything essentially yeah and i could easily see a world where you know the military runs with a sentient ai and then all of a sudden oh no it got out of control you know it's right i mean that's what things like that do you know right so i don't know is there is there a supercomputer named tyler controlling a bunch of stuff i don't know maybe yeah i don't possible. know possible that one seems kind of far-fetched to me a yeah. little bit i think we're still a number of years away yeah from that. It's a fun story, though. It, yeah, <laughs> it, it is a fun story. And it's fun to build on the whole QAnon thing because that's just, just so bonkers. There's so much there. It's endless. Yeah. Yeah. QAnon's like tofu. Whatever you put it on, that's what it tastes like. <laughs> it's endless. It's endless. Yeah. So, yeah, that's uh, that's all I've got on, on supercomputers and QAnon. Cool. Well, thanks, guys, for joining us for another episode. And we will be back again next week with... I don't know. Something else. Something cool. Oh, we're going to do the Clinton body count. Ooh, I didn't realize that one. Tune in next week for the Clinton body count. It's wild. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Brew Luminati. Our intro and outro music is written by Dungeness. Want to learn more about the topics we cover and who we are? Join us on Facebook and Instagram at Brew Luminati Podcast for behind-the-scenes content and updates. Do you have mystical powers of insight or just questions, suggestions, and feedback? Reach out to us at thebrewluminati at gmail.com. Are you ready to immerse yourself into the inner circle? Visit patreon.com slash Podcast. For the same price as a cup of coffee or sandwich you won't remember, you know, because of mind control, you can join the Brewluminati and lift the veil on the true mysteries of the universe. Your membership to the Conclave unlocks access to our secret Discord server, bonus Patreon-only content, behind-the-scenes talks, and much more. Every dollar spent not only helps us reveal the truths of the world, but also frees us to make the show better, weirder, and allows us to go deeper and deeper into the void while funding our next beer run. When we're not talking conspiracies and beer, we're passionate about saving the forgotten puppies and kitties of the world. 10% of every dollar you donate goes directly to the Best Friend Pet Adoption Agency. They are a local 501c3 all-breed, all-foster cat and dog rescue that will save the life of a pet who never had a chance. Keep an eye out because we'll be posting pictures of the lives our listeners save. For more information on Best Friend Pet Adoption, head over to bfpa.org. Join us again next week for another episode of Brew Luminati. We know you will, because again, mind control is real. Mm-hmm.